Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Why Not Us podcast, NFL edition. My name is Adam Glick. I'm joined today by Mason Gross and Josh Spate, the incredible triple threat here today on this Friday afternoon in week nine preview of the NFL season. We got some big games happening and playoff implications on the line. Josh and Mason, how are both of you doing on this Friday? You know, it would be nice if Matt Nagy decided he wanted to pull an Odell Beckham or a Ben Simmons and just decided, you know what, I don't like the team anymore and just leaves and let the team deal with it. But no, I guess we're stuck with him. Yeah, on Odell, I uh, reflecting my general mood towards the NFL with that. I mean, it would be one thing if the Browns were good, but I can't really be that upset because they're not that good. And Odell has been kind of just a pain. So I'm I'm okay. I'm just not super thrilled for the Cincinnati game. Yeah, and I'm in the same boat as well. The Chargers have looked awful, and they lost a disappointing game to the Patriots last week. But let's talk about some big games happening, not just with our teams, but we will start with one of our teams. That is Josh's team, the Browns and the Bengals. This is a big game for the division race and for the Browns' possible playoff implications as they are slowly dwindling at four and four. The Bengals are five and three. As someone who took them in Survivor, I don't think they should be a football team. They shouldn't be allowed to play, but it is what it is. They lost to the Jets. They looked horrible. They couldn't stop the Jets' offense and Mike White's whatever. Who do you guys like in this game? This should be a really good game. Two and a half points is the spread currently. And obviously with the off-field stuff with OBJ and that, will it have an impact on this game? Mason, I'll start with you. So I think this game comes down to two people and they're both on the Browns offense. Number one, Baker Mayfield. Is he capable of playing like the number one overall pick should? For this season, really hasn't looked like it. Last season, it looked like he took a step in the right direction and was starting to win games for Cleveland and be the quarterback that they thought he would be with the number one overall pick. But this season, he has just looked average at best. He's got seven touchdowns on the season, and that's just horrendous. They've played seven games, or no, he has six touchdowns in seven games. It's even worse. That's just not what you want to see out of your franchise quarterback. And now you're going up against a much improved Cincinnati defense that we've talked a lot about this year. And they haven't allowed any team to score a lot of points other than the Jets and Mike White because he's apparently the GOAT. But I I don't know if Baker Mayfield is the guy and the Browns are really going to have to think about this. The other guy on the Browns offense I want to look at is Nick Chubb. He's back from his injury. You've got Odell gone. Kareem Hunt is still on IR. Can Nick Chubb take over and be what many in Cleveland and around the nation think he can be, the number one running back in the league? We will see. I mean, I personally have him in a lot of fantasy leagues, and he's just been another guy at the running back position. Can he step off and be this elite option that Cleveland needs him to be? And if so he will be able to mask some of Baker's just mediocrity and Cleveland can win this game. But if not, it's going to be more of the same for Cleveland. They're going to score 10 or 13 points and Cincinnati's going to find a way to win. And honestly, I think that's what's going to happen until we see otherwise from this Cleveland offense. Yeah. I think the Bengals are going to win too. I am not going to agree with you in thinking that Nick Chubb has just been some other guy. It's mostly because of the fact that he shared carries with Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is hurt and not playing, and Nick Chubb is now 
more likely than not fully back from injury. And last week he was still coming off that injury going against a tougher Steelers run defense. This Bengals defense, as we've seen, has had some issues, especially against the run. You know, I think that part of the game will open up, but I do think the Bengals will win because Baker is not a good quarterback. He is a game manager. As we have discussed, I don't have confidence in him. I literally called it on this pod last week that the Steelers Browns game is going to be a nightmare of a game. And then at the end of it, whoever has the ball last and is down is going to lose. And guess what happened? Exactly that. Like the Browns were down 15, 10, had an opportunity of even two. One of the times Jarvis Landry fumbles, like it, it, they're just not going to be able to pull it off, especially in Cincinnati. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think the Bengals offense is going to have a tougher time with the Browns defense than they expect, but I don't think the Browns offense is really going to do a lot through the passing game. And I think, I don't know if Donovan people's Jones is going to play. So it's mostly just going to be Rashard Higgins, Jarvis Landry and the tight ends. So I don't know. It's, it's just not, we're not looking like we're in a good direction right now. And I don't have a ton of positive things about this team. I will say though, if we lose this game, our playoff hopes go out the window. Yeah. And honestly, Josh, I would agree with that statement. I think the Browns are kind of a mess right now. Offensively, how can you trust them putting up 10 points against the Steelers? Baker Mayfield, as we've discussed, just is not the quarterback to get it done. And I think he's going to have a lot of problems on Sunday against the Bengals. And the Bengals are a good football team. They're not great. Obviously, you lose the Jets. You can't be that good. But I think the Bengals are at home, as you've talked about. It's a big game for them. They're five and three. They really need to win this game if they want to contend for a postseason position. And I just have no faith in the Browns at all right now until they prove me otherwise. So until that happens, I'm going to have to go with the Bengals winning a close game. I like a similar score that we saw last week with the Steelers Browns game at 15, 10. I think the Bengals went 17, 13, not much to write home about. And it's going to be kind of ugly moving on to another game that, could have been really interesting until Aaron Rodgers decides I don't like shots. I'm not going to tell people about the shots and then I'm going to get COVID and not play in this game. So be it. If you're a Utah state fan, you're like, let's go Jordan love. Here we are. And that is who's going to be starting for the Packers in this Packers chiefs game chiefs last week, opportunity Monday night football against the giants prove people we're back. Patrick Mahomes. I'm a good quarterback. What do you do? Not that they somehow survive because it's the New York Giants. New York Giants have to lose almost every single game. That's how it goes. It's going to be close, but the Chiefs looked horrible. The Packers are a very good football team, but they don't have Aaron Rodgers. So it probably means the Chiefs are going to win this game, in my opinion. But I want to get your guys' takes. Who do you like in this one? So this is a game that the Chiefs should win. They're going up against Jordan Love, making his first career star. And it's clear that Aaron Rodgers is pretty much the entire team for Green Bay. But I'll say this. Jordan Love has impressed in practice this season. The coaching staff has liked what they've seen out of him. And there are few other teams that you would want to make your first career start against than this Kansas City defense that has just allowed quarterbacks to expose them week in and week out. They did show some signs last week against New York of getting back to just being an average defense. But still, when you've got Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams, if you're Jordan Love, you've got the weapons that you need. Devontae Adams is officially playing, so that's exciting for Green Bay. And I think Jordan Love is going to give them a shot. 
The Packers' defense has been much improved this year, and that's not what you want to see if you're a Chiefs fan because Patrick Mahomes has just not been himself. Has he peaked at being an MVP and Super Bowl MVP three, four years into his career? Who knows? Because he has just looked like another guy. Sorry to repeat the terms there, but he just hasn't been good. He hasn't been this world-bending quarterback that he was in his first few years. And until we start seeing signs of him getting back to that form, the Chiefs are just going to be another team. I do think they're going to win this game because Jordan Love isn't Aaron Rodgers, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people expect. Yeah, and if that's the case, and I'm expecting it to also be the case, it's really going to cause me heart heart palpitations. I was really having difficulty with who I wanted to pick in Survivor this week. It's coming down to the wire on Thursday. Oh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have COVID. Jordan Love going against the Chiefs in Kansas City. Seems like a no-brainer, right? In every other season, that's been the case. And, you know, we've harped on this, and you just did yourself, Mason. This Chiefs team seems out of sorts. I mean, Travis Kelsey in that Monday night game, it just it wasn't there. He's fumbling the ball. It doesn't seem like he's that same piece. And now you've got a running back duo, I guess, and Daryl Williams and Derek Gore that you know, they'll use, but it's not anything that anybody's scared of. And the Packers defense has been fine. So I do think this will be a lower scoring game. And frankly, if Mahomes turns the ball over like he's been doing, and I will admit some of his picks have been deflections, have been off the helmets of people. Like he's had some bad luck out there, but regardless, if there are turnovers committed by the chiefs, they will not win this game. Fair and like, it's that simple. And Jordan Love does not need to do anything except hand the ball to the best player on the offense, Aaron Jones. And A.J. Dillon is more than capable as well. He's shown that. Yeah, and I, I agree. I don't know. I just I don't have faith in this Chiefs team, but it's so hard for me to pick them to lose without Aaron Rodgers. It's Even though I think the Packers have the much better roster, I just can't see them pulling it off, especially in Kansas City. That's why I think they're an eight-point favorite right now. I think the Chiefs are going to win a close one, but it's going to be one of those games again where the Chiefs are not going to prove to me that they deserve to be a good football team and they could turn their season around and possibly be a contender for the Super Bowl like we all thought they would. But time will tell. We'll find out on Sunday what this Chiefs team has to offer. Moving on to the Cardinals and the 49ers. Very good game in the NFC West division race. The Cardinals obviously at 7-1. and one. The 49ers kind of in the other direction right now, struggling under 500 at three and four. But Vegas doesn't care. They're a two-point favorite, the 49ers against the Cardinals. Obviously, Kyler Murray's health is a question. Who do you guys like in this game? Can the 49ers rectify their season and get back in the playoff hunt with the win? So every time the 49ers are favored in one of these games that we don't think they should be favored in, they lose. And this is going to be pretty much the same. That's contingent on Kyler Murray playing. And I guess DeAndre Hopkins. He really hasn't done much this year, but he hasn't done much. And that's fine because that has allowed players like Christian Kirk and A.J. Green and Rondell Moore and the running back tandem of James Conner and Chase Edmonds to then get theirs. DeAndre Hopkins takes so much attention from a defense that it allows these other players to get going. And if he's not playing, then it's going to be a lot more of a struggle for these other players. So despite him not having the numbers this year, it's very important that he's out there. 
But if Kyler and D-Hop are out there, I just don't see how the 49ers can keep up with this offense. They looked great against the Bears, but let's be honest, so does everybody. And they're the better team. They're 7-1. and one. They lost that tough one to Green Bay, but the Cardinals are elite, and I don't think they should have a problem with the 49ers if they're healthy. Who's the backup quarterback in Arizona? It might be Brett Hundley, but I'm going to have to check on that. I'm checking this right now because this this factors into my decision. Because I, from what I understand, it does not look like Kyler is going to play. Uh, that is not good for my fantasy. I'm sorry. It is Cole, Cole McCoy. McCoy. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, it's Cole McCoy. They're going against the San Francisco 49ers. Wow. That is, that's a huge, huge piece of news. You know what? I, I think if Kyler and D-Hop don't play, which indications at this very moment on Friday, November 5th, say that they are trending downwards significantly and they have to go to Christian Kirk for most of the game, the running game, and Colt McCoy in San Francisco, the Niners are going to win this game. Like, I, I think that, you know, the Niners are not a good team. They can score points against teams that don't really – have much of an offense and their defense kind of lets them walk all over them, like specifically referring to the Chicago bears last week. But if, if they have the same kind of playbook, it gets a Cardinals defense, which is it's, it's good. It's nothing special. I'm going to write home about, but it's still something that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo might be able to do something with Then Yeah. The Niners have as good of a shot in this game. They are now a two point favorite based on that news. So I, I would think that Vegas probably knows that they're probably not going to play. And that, that makes sense. Yeah. And that San Francisco has a, a pretty good chance. I mean, I'm very curious to see what Colt McCoy looks like in an Arizona Cardinals jersey. This guy be like the sixth team that he's been on. Yeah. He, he's been around the league. I, mm. if he's playing, I have no faith that they can win. No offense to Colt McCoy. You're great at Texas, but are you going to lead the Cardinals to a win in San Francisco? Probably not. No. I, I like, I like the 49ers. Not just, I don't think 49ers are a very good football team, but with that news, they obviously have a chance to win. They probably will win, but that's really all I have to say about that. Moving on to probably the best game of the slate, no doubt in my mind on Sunday night, the Titans and the Rams. This game has all of a sudden become a really good game with the emergence of the Titans at six and two, the Rams at seven and one. So Rams, I still my Super Bowl pick. They, I mean, I will get to it, but the Rams are my Super Bowl pick at the moment. I love this team. They won a great game last week against the Texans. They killed them 38 to 22. It wasn't even that close. The Titans, on the other hand, incredible win for the division race. Now clearly the favorites to win their division with the Colts after winning a crazy overtime game, 34 to 31. The Titans offense looks unstoppable right now. They are scoring a lot of points week in and week out. They had 34 last week. Tannehill got to limit the turnovers, but he's starting to throw the ball through the air. And obviously of Derrick Henry, I honestly, I think they don't have Derrick Henry. He's hurt, right? Yeah. He's out for the year. I, I didn't know that that's going to play a big role into this game. So I, with that news, the Rams are probably going to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This isn't going to be a game. You're, you're right about that. I don't know why the spread's only seven and a half. The Rams are just so much better in every facet of the game. And that's not even mentioning the fact that they acquired all pro linebacker Von Miller at the trade deadline. 
this isn't going to be a close game. This is going to be a lot like when the Colts played the Jets on Thursday, where the Colts just scored a touchdown every possession because this Titans secondary is horrendous. Cooper Cup is going to have 12 catches for 200 yards and two touchdowns. Matt Stafford is going to go ballistic. And Derrick Henry means so much to that Tennessee offense. Tannehill is a fine quarterback. You've got A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. But a big reason why at least A.J. Brown has been freed up over the past couple weeks is because defenses are so keyed in on Derrick Henry because he is a world beater at running back. But I'm sorry, Jeremy McNichols and 36-year-old Adrian Peterson, you're not. And this is going to make such a problem for the Tennessee offense because Tannehill, he's a great game manager. He is a glorified game manager. And now he's going to have to win games on his own. And I don't think he's capable of doing that. The Rams are going to dismantle Tennessee on Sunday. Yeah, I feel like just because it's a primetime game, it won't be a massive blowout. But I do think the Rams will take care of business, and I'm pretty confident that they'll win this game. I think losing Derrick Henry is honestly one of the biggest subtractions that any team in the NFL could have, quarterbacks included. As you mentioned, he is just such a vital part of this offense and really just opens up the entire passing game too because you have to you know, hunker down and really think that they're going to give Henry the ball any which way and he'll run you down like a freight train. Not having him makes this Titans offense a whole lot weaker. The Rams should win this game. I don't think that they're a gigantically better team. I think they are one of the best teams in the NFL, but clearly Tennessee has shown that they are right up there. Their defense can cause turnovers, even if they're not great. It's kind of like the Trayvon Diggs special, but I do think that Ryan Tannehill is, is more of a game manager than anything else. And it's going to play a lot of difficulty. Very curious to see another player that's been all over the block, Adrian Peterson, if he has anything left in the tank. Reports came out that he got elevated out of the practice squad to the main squad like this, and they are ready for him to rock. Whether or not that means anything, yet to be seen. Yeah, and I agree with both of your takes. I think now with the news, Derek Henry not playing, this is going to be a blowout. The Rams are a clearly better team. They've shown it all year long. They're 7-1. and one. They look on both sides of the football, like just a juggernaut. And I think it's going to continue this week. The Titans, you know, they're in a tough spot because not having that all-star running back in Derrick Henry, it's going to be tough for them to see where they can go from here. They're still talented. Tannehill is still a good quarterback in my mind. They still have a good weapons at receiver, but with that news, it's going to be tough. I think the Rams are going to run away with this game. I could see double digits. I could see 21 points. I think it's going to be a blowout. Let's move on to the debate part of the show, fun part of the show. And we, I've talked about my take, so I want to get your guys' opinions. Who is the Super Bowl favorite in your guys' eyes so far in the midseason? After this week, we'll be halfway through the NFL season. We have some teams like the Bills, the Bucks, the Rams, Cardinals, Ravens, Packers, who do you guys like as your Super Bowl contenders? For me, I hate to say it. I really do. You're going to steal it from me. You're going to Tampa. Oh, no, never mind. Oh, no, I'm taking Tampa. And 44-year-old Tom Brady, because, again, this is contingent on them staying healthy. 
But when he has had all of his weapons this year, he has looked better than how he has in New England. And last year in Tampa Bay, when he won the Super Bowl, he is leading the league in yards and touchdowns at 44 years old. This is unfathomable. And this defense is relatively elite, too. They've got all of the pieces they had last year and more. You've got Fournette at running back who is now taking control of that running back room. And that adds a complete whole other element to this Tampa Bay offense, which is already dominant. And then you've got studs on defense. who have got another year in the system with Bruce Arians. And with all of these other teams, like the Chiefs and the Packers kind of faltering, I just think this is the Bucs to lose yet again. And you don't see teams repeat very often, but they've got the recipe in Tampa Bay to do it. And I think they might. I've got a few storylines that figure into mine because that's always the way I like to play it. First and foremost, I just want to put it out there. on week After week three, I bet a future for Tom Brady to win MVP. That's a great bet. I think he should be the favorite right now. I, I think he's close to the favorite. I got him at like plus 600, and he was like fifth or sixth at the time. We'll take it. Um, putting that out there, I do not think Tampa will come out of the NFC. I think they will have a rematch of the NFC Championship game, and we're all about storylines, right? How bad of a storyline would it be if the Packers, now that I want to get political, if the Packers won the Super Bowl after this whole flare-up with Aaron Rodgers not being vaccinated, that would be so NFL. No, oh, it won't because NFL. Aaron Rodgers never makes it past the <laughs> NFC Championship game. He loses there every year, and this year's not going to be any different. Although, do you know how many years ago was the last time he made it out of the NFC Championship game? The answer, oh, is, the answer is 10. That's a nice round number. Super Bowl 45? Yeah. Wow. So what we're looking at here is uh, an opportunity for Aaron Rodgers to rise. And the Packers have been an incredible team. When they've got all their firing guns and their entire offense in place, they can go to Arizona and beat Arizona. Like, this, this team has a lot of great pieces. It's got a good defense. And that's why you were saying this pains me. And I was like, ah, oh, you're talking about the Packers because you're a big Bears fan. I like the Packers over the Bills. I think that... The AFC is kind of a crapshoot at this point. It doesn't really matter who's going to come out of there. I think the best teams are in the NFC. So if it does come down to Tampa and Green Bay in the NFC championship game again, which is what I think it will be, I think the Packers walk out of that. I, I like your take on the Packers. I think week 12 is going to be the battle of our teams who we like as Super Bowl contenders when the Rams go to Green Bay and face the Packers. I think they're going to face each other in the NFC championship by the predict right now. But I think the Rams are a better team. We're going to find out. They, I have a Super Bowl future on them before the season to win, so hopefully that can hit. We will see. Do you really think Brady's not making the NFC Championship game? I really do. That's blasphemous. Oh blasphemous. I know. Wow. I know. But I think they're going to lose. I do. Although we were and low on Tom them. Tom Brady has had Aaron Rodgers' number ever since he entered the league. Doesn't matter. I think – the Rams or the Packers will beat them. We were low on Tampa last year and they did well. And now we're high on Tampa and they're going to disappoint. Oh, come on. <laughs> I, I will bet against anyone else to disappoint except for Tom Brady. Believe you were me, the I, lowest old. I, I don't think he's that amazing. But when you've got all of these pieces around you, you've got three top 15 receivers in the league. No one is saying that. And then you've got one. And a no sick offensive line. And the fourth overall pick in the draft at running back. 
and an elite defense that's easily top 10, top five in the league. They are the most well-rounded team. They returned every single one of their 22 Super Bowl starters. When was the last time that a team repeated? I have no idea. It's been a long time. It doesn't happen very often, but this is Tom Brady. Winning six Super Bowls doesn't happen very often. Yeah. How many of his Super Bowls were repeats? He's never done it before. Repeats do not talk about storylines. There's your storyline right there. I'm going to say seven is my favorite number. It's a lucky number. So if he gets to seven, then I might take him. He has seven. He has seven right now. Oh, I thought it was it's seven. He has more by himself than any franchise ever. He won six with the Patriots and then one with the Bucks last year. Wow. Okay. So he's already at my number. So I do have to start respecting him. Okay. <laughs> if he gets to eight, if he gets to eight, then we, uh, we have to put him in a different discussion. Honestly, he already is. And he's the should, goat. Come on. He's the goat. You can't bet against him, but I'm going to try and but see our, how our co-host out. Mike Gresser is just going to magically appear in the room. Right. Now. I know. I know. Is it sustainable, as he would say, or as Mason would say? Who knows? Anyway, <laughs> speaking of Mason and sustainability, we go to Cash or Stash, where he has been pretty sustainable with his takes on this show for fantasy purposes. Obviously, he has some very fire takes for us this week. Let's see if he can continue the ride the hot wave. Mason, who do you have for Cash or Stash? Yes, let's do it. And let's hope that the quarterback that I stashed this week doesn't score over 40 points on offense without scoring a single touchdown. Yes, I'm talking about you, Mr. Jalen Hurts. That was very, very rude. So let's go ahead and get started with quarterback. And we're going to go a deep dive for value with Teddy Bridgewater at 5,300. And that's because he's playing the Dallas Cowboys, who are 30th against opposing quarterbacks. And now he's got all of his weapons at wide receiver. You've got Jerry Judy back and healthy. You've got Cortland Sutton. And you've got Tim Patrick. The over-under for this game is 49 and a half. And this is something I really like to look at for fantasy and daily fantasy purposes. That means there's going to be a lot of points. And that means the quarterback is going to be responsible for it. Denver's going to have to score to keep up with Dallas's potent offense in this game. And I think Bridgewater should be able to get you 20 or so fantasy points, which is great value at 5,300. And now we're going to go stash Matt Ryan at 5,600. And he is going against a much stingier Saints defense. And they have been inspired recently. And Atlanta... My thoughts and prayers are with Calvin Ridley. I don't know what you're going through right now, but I hope you get better soon. You're receiving core without Ridley. It's really nothing. You've got Russell Gage, who's kind of shaken up. He's probably playing this week, but he's not very good anyways. You've got Cordero Patterson, who's a running back receiver combo. And you've got Kyle Pitts, who I vowed to never stash again. Pitts is probably going to go ballistic this game, but... Even with that being said, I don't think Matt Ryan's got enough firepower around him to justify this salary. And the over-under, like we looked at for Denver, Dallas, this one is 42. So you're not going to see a lot of points. On to running back. We are going to go with Saquon's replacement, Devontae Booker, at 5,900 for our cash. And this is because he's playing the Raiders defense, who have more holes than Swiss cheese when they're going up against the run. He's been a very formidable fill-in for Saquon, Devontae Booker, and he's averaging 16 points per game in those that he started. Booker's essentially a three-down back for the Giants, as his backup is Elijah Penny, I believe, and he's really not seeing any action. 
So he's gotten 15 to 20 opportunities every single game. That is catches and runs. And if you're getting 15 to 20 against the Raiders defense, I like those odds. He's going to capitalize. Now for our staff, we are going to go to Damian Harris at 6,000. He's going up against the Carolina run defense, which has been third against the run. And what we know about the Patriots and Bill Belichick is he likes to expose a team's weakness. And for Carolina, that's their pass defense. So Damian Harris is not going to see a lot of carries. And we know that he's not really a receiving back as he's had no more than two receptions in any game this year. So that upside isn't there. Plus, there's that sort of revenge factor as he's going up against Stephon Gilmore. That is the Carolina receivers, or excuse me, the Patriots receiver as Gilmore is now on the Patriots, or ah, he's now on Carolina. So I think Belichick is going to try and throw at him a little bit and not run it as much with Damian Harris. On to wide receiver, another deep dive for value. We're going to cash Hunter Renfro at 4,800. Henry Ruggs decided he wanted to speed out of that Raiders locker room. He is not on the team anymore. And that means Renfro is now the wide receiver one and going up against the Giants, who happened to really struggle against the slot. Tyreek Hill, 12 receptions last week. DJ Moore had 73 out of the 112 passing yards that Carolina had against the Giants. And then Cooper Cup had 130 out of the 251 yards that LA had against the Giants. Hunter Renfro, he's had at least five receptions in seven out of eight games. And now he's going up against a team that struggles against the slot as the number one receiver. I'm thinking he's going to see more than that with a chance to score a touchdown as well on third down, of course. And now we are going to stash Devontae Smith at 5,200. This is pretty predictable. He's going up against the Chargers defense. I have been on this all season with my stashes, and it continues to pay dividends. The Chargers continued their dominance against number one receivers last week, holding Jacoby Myers to only 36 yards. Also, this, on another note, it's really not sustainable what Jalen Hurts did last week, completing only three passes to wide receivers, but that does not bode well for Devonta Smith. I'm sorry. On to tight end, we're going to go to another Eagle, the guy that I've been backing ever since Zach Hurts has left, Dallas Goddard at 4,500. Jalen Hurts completed nine passes last week. Six of them were to Dallas Goddard. He's playing basically every snap with Zach Hurts gone, and he is clearly Jalen Hurts, his favorite target. The Chargers are also 30th against tight ends, and I would think Jalen Hurts is going to complete a lot more than nine passes this game. I am putting Dallas Goddard on breakout alert. He needs to be in everybody's fantasy and daily fantasy lineup this week. On to the stash, we're going to go to George Kittle at 5,200. And 5,200 might seem like a discount for a guy who was a top three tight end in the NFL for the last three years or so. But this is his first game coming back from IR. And even when he was healthy this year, George Kittle, he's had only more than he's had more than four receptions in only one game this season. And I would expect him to be eased back in now that he's coming back from injury. So expect a heavy dose of Debo Samuel this game like you've had all season and maybe wait a little bit for George Kittle. So that is your week nine cash or stash, and I wish you the best with these men. Well, we will see how Mason does as we always do. 
And we will be back next week for his cash or stash segment. So thank you, Mason. Now let's get to the end of the show, wrap things up a little bit. We with some bold predictions from the three of us. Some of our takes have been good. Some of them haven't. I don't know if you should stick with us with our takes, you know, probably not. They haven't been the best, but we're going to do them anyway. So with that, Josh, I'll start with you on this one. What's your bold prediction for this Sunday's NFL week nine slate? Yeah. I, when you said people should maybe not listen to us, <laughs> that was um, probably for the best. You know, the Jags really did a great job against Seattle last week. Not my God. <laughs> What a, what a terrible pick that was. But you know what? We, we aim to be bold, and when you go third, it's also difficult. I am going to go first this time and pick the Houston Texans in the game that nobody cares about. Ah, Mason's upset because I got to take his pick. See, this is how it works. It gets difficult then. I always go third. I always get screwed here. All right. Well, I'm taking the Texans. Tyrod <laughs> Taylor. Sorry, Tyrod Taylor is back from injury, playing the Miami Dolphins, who are just as in shambles as everybody else, but you don't hear about them being in shambles because, oh, they're a young team. Oh, two has been hurt. Excuses, excuses, excuses. This team is not good, but neither are the Texans. But why the Texans win this game? Because Terod Taylor, before he got injured in the game against the Browns, a game that they were winning for some of, was really, really lighting it up. And I'm not sure how healthy he truly is. I would guess that he really must be back to 100%, especially since Houston is young. They don't really have that much of a need to win, and they can just throw Davis Mills in there, but he's been terrible. Clearly, they're like, you know what? Let's give Tarad some reps. They're bringing him back in. He's ready to go. He doesn't have a punctured lung from the medical staff at the Chargers, and you know, he's ready to rock. And I think they are going to give Miami a tough time. Maybe Philip Lindsay will get some carries now that Mark Ingram has left the team. I, neither of these teams are good. But you know what? Houston is a five-and-a-half-point road underdog, and they are my pick. Because you stole my pick, like Jameis Winston likes to steal crab legs, I am going to put a little jinx on you, Josh Spate, and I am taking the Cleveland Browns to beat Cincinnati, Baker Mayfield's going to throw for 300 so yards. Nick Chubb is going to run for over 100. Maybe he got a couple touchdowns. Cleveland is back. They're making the playoffs, and they're going to dismantle Cincinnati. How do you like said, that, Mr. You just Spade? said so many disrespectful things. It's unbelievable. <laughs> wow. I, I, I don't even know how to respond to that. that. My take will not be as bold. Actually, it probably is more bold than that. Can we have a – who is our starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints this week? Trevor Simeon, the Trevor pride Simeon. of Northwestern University. Okay. Evanston, Illinois, baby. Listen, I don't know a lot about Northwestern, but I do know they do not have a good football program, and Trevor Simeon is from that football program up in, I think, Evanston, Evanston Illinois. Illinois. Yeah, credit myself there. Anyway, they're going to lose this week to the Atlanta Falcons. Is it because the Atlanta Falcons are good? No. Is it because – it's in New Orleans? No. It's because Trevor Simeon is not a good quarterback, and Matt Ryan, I think, is a better quarterback just slightly at this moment in time. They looked awful against, I think it was Carolina last week. Doesn't matter. Give me the Falcons. Six-point dogs. Take a money line. Take it, to, take it to the bank and take your bookie to your cleaners because that's what will happen when <laughs> the Falcons beat the Saints on Sunday. That's my bold prediction. Any last takes? From the two of you, before I let let this let you guys go and end this podcast, Josh Mason, anything to add? 
Um, you mentioned the Rams really, really putting the hurt on our good friends, the Houston Texans. Can we talk about the best backdoor cover of a lifetime? Down 38 nothing in the fourth quarter, 16 and a half point dogs, and they scored 22 points. They went for two. Like somebody, like very, very much so deliberately made that happen. Like there's no. Well, to be fair, 16, 16 is two possessions. I don't care. You're, there's, you're down by 38 in the fourth quarter, and you score three times, and you happen to go for two on the third touchdown and get it. Come on. Sean McVay's like, like, I won and I bet against my team incredible yeah <laughs> i can match you with this one and the buffalo bills going up against miami last week you're up by 15 points you score a touchdown with a minute 14 left oh let's go for two when you're minus 15 to try and win by 17 and now you push at minus 15 why buffalo why only crazy, to hurt you crazy you only can't make you, this stuff up yeah that's why we love betting. That's why we love sports. NFL week nine. It's going to happen this weekend, Sunday. Just make sure to tune into that one. I want to thank Josh Spath. I want to thank Mason Gross. And I want to, of course, thank myself, Adam Glick, for another great episode of the Why Not Us NFL podcast. We will be back next week for more NFL breakdown. Cash or Stash will be back. All three of us will be back for this next episode. Enjoy the football, and hopefully the Bears, Chargers, and Browns can all win this weekend because we know that can happen. Thank you so much.